Welcome to another episode of the Michigan State University Work Life Podcast. We have a series of podcasts right now based around outstanding supervisors, and we have a second series of podcasts just starting with this episode around exit interviews and the departure process for MSU employees. It's not the funnest thing to talk about when people leave the university, but we want to make that experience the best as we can for those who separate from MSU. We are participating in a collective effort uh, at MSU to improve retention. It sounds kind of funny and counterintuitive to talk about those who are departing or separating from MSU, when we're really looking at improving retention, but it's interconnected. And so we are looking at this as a comprehensive approach to improving the environment at MSU, both onboarding while at work and offboarding. So we're doing a set of podcasts where faculty and staff can discuss thoughts on how MSU might improve the experience of individuals who consider separating from the university. With that being said, I'm going to introduce our guest today, Wyatt Short from the College of Human Medicine Division of Public Health Flint Campus. Wyatt, how are you doing today? I'm good, thank you. Great, thanks for meeting with me today and talking about the departure process for employees at MSU. Uh, For the listeners out there, uh, they'd like to know a little bit more about you. So can you tell me a little bit about how long you've been with MSU and what you do now, what's your job title, and what sort of activities uh, do you undergo on a day-to-day basis? Yeah, so... um at the Division of Public Health, uh, I am the center administrator for the Flint Center for Health Equity Solutions. Um, I was hired last year in November to help with the day-to-day operations and functioning of the center uh, when it comes to administrative tasks. Um, that includes onboarding, um, training, uh making sure that everyone has everything that they need in order to do their roles, whether it be the research assistants or the different um, people that are part of the team, um, just kind of helping with the overall administrative efforts of the, of the center. And you're a supervisor, correct? Correct. How many direct reports do you have? As of right now, I have four. Okay. And how many people are on your, uh, you said you're a center administrator, how many uh, individuals are employed as part of that uh, project? I would say approximately 40 to 50. Yeah, so your, your little team is a, makes up about 10% of the bigger team, and then that big team makes up part of the Division of Public Health, which makes up part of the College of Human Medicine, which is part of MSU. So there are different size teams that are interconnected and uh, part of the bigger community. Now, you mentioned uh, onboarding as part of your day-to-day tasks, and you have some employees that you supervise, and I'm assuming that you've brought on employees either through job postings or hiring. Can you talk just briefly about the onboarding process at the Division of Public Health, just a few steps uh, on that process, what it entails, and you can speak kind of at a, at a broader level. Yeah, so um, I it took me to do my first hiring for me to really kind of understand the process. Um, and it's, it's a long process. So I think from uh, conception to first day, it's probably um, best case scenario, I'd say four weeks. Um, 
And it's realistically more like between five and seven weeks. Um, we use various avenues. We, we post on the MSU career page. Uh, we've posted on Indeed and gotten um, applicants that way. Um, and it's, it's, it's just, uh, it's just there's, there's different times in every step of the process. You have to get approvals from different individuals that, that uh, can, can drag out how long it takes. Um, yeah, it's, so, yeah. a, it's a really long process in terms of steps and time frame. And I, I don't know if the employee applicants really realize everything that's behind a hiring in terms of how long it takes to uh, experience their first day. But that's their first impression of life working at MSU. What are some things that you have done or might you suggest that could make someone's first impression at MSU the best in their onboarding experience? If they have an experience, experience of application to hire in first day of four to five weeks, you know, they're starting to learn that things at MSU take time. And their first impression of MSU is things move slow. That's one impression. But how have you added certain components into uh, the work life of your staff members to make sure that their first impression of MSU is both accurate and positive? Yeah, so um, taking the time to really uh, read through the job description of every single position that's posted, I think really um, can have a positive impact for potential applicants because that's your opportunity to really paint the picture for the position. So, uh, you know, the position can shift over time, things change over time, there can be different requirements for the position. So, uh, really taking the time to, to make sure that. The job posting that's going up is is very reflective of the actual job duties that that person's going to be doing. Um, the other thing I like to do is um, keeping the the candidates in the loop of the process. So um, I know when I was was hiring in, um, John, you were very transparent with me about the hiring process and how long it could potentially take, and I found that to be very helpful. Um, so I I've tried to continue that. Um, with with applicants that we have, I like to, you know, reach out to them when when we like to bring them in for an interview. Let them know what they can expect. Uh, let them know a timeline of how long they can expect to be there. Um, and then after the interview, following up with them, you know, hey, thanks for coming in. Here's how long it's going to take for, or here's when you can expect to hear an answer from us. Um, and then here's kind of the next steps on that. I find that that kind of helps them understand the process a little bit better because it is so drastically different than, um, you know, like a position that you would hire in for on out outside of a university setting. Um, so by explaining that and taking the time to really paint the picture of what it's going to take for them to actually come in the door, um, I think that that really helps them. Yeah, and what we uh, are trying to do here in this podcast is present some values and some practical tools that uh, listeners can take back to their own teams and implement. And what I just heard was uh, transparency as a value and realistic, uh, clear expectations right from the get-go. And I think that that's probably going to build towards a good relationship between a supervisor and an employee or anyone new coming to Michigan State. If they are clear as to what their job description is right from day one, 
there'll be no misconceptions down the road. We know that people leave uh, jobs for a variety of reasons, but one is the job is not what they thought it was going to be. You know, and so you mentioned a clear job description right from the get-go. If someone knows exactly what their job is supposed to be when they sign on, and then that job is what they thought it was, they're probably more likely to stay with the university. Whereas if there's some ambiguous job description, unclear expectations, and someone a couple of months into their job thinks, this is not exactly what I signed up for, then that's probably why they're more apt to leave. Do you find that accurate? Yeah, I try to um, keep that that bottom percentage of other duties as assigned. I try to keep that percentage as low as possible and as factual as possible. I don't think there should be any um, hidden tasks that would come up um, d- with them being an employee. I really think it should it should really be kind of spelled out for them to understand. But yes, that's correct. Yeah, and another thing you mentioned was providing employees with resources that are needed to do well in their job. And so another reason someone might leave their job is that they didn't receive the resources that they needed in order to do great at their job. And so they'll think, well, this this job, you know, the poor performance wasn't really my fault. It's just I didn't have the resources that I needed to do excellent at this job. So can you talk to me about how you know what resources your staff needs and how you provide and access those resources? Because on one hand, you can just guess what they need. Uh, on the other hand, you can give them 100 resources and feel like you've done a great job, but maybe it's not the resources that they did need. Uh, so we're talking resources ranging from technical, uh, you know, IT things that they need to do their job to flex time, you know, that they need to feel comfortable in the workplace to uh, community connections, uh, family care resources, and uh, simple onboarding resources uh, that could range anything from a, a standard operating procedures manual to just just a printout of their job description. So how do you deliver the resources to the employees based on their needs? So we've, we've added it um, as part of our onboarding manual, a list of available resources that cover a pretty wide gamut of available resources for employees. Um, so, but I, I do like to also touch base with them when on, on, on their first day and in, during the onboarding process to let them know of everything that's available. So uh, what, I, what I find really, you know, some, sometimes there are, there are employees who, who may never need to utilize services or they just don't even think that they're available. So what I like to do is, um, in the beginning, just kind of cover them all or as many as I can that could be relevant to their position or um, them personally, uh, just so that they at least have it in the back of their head. Should anything ever come up, they know they can inquire more about it and find out some more information about it. Um, But I think being open and honest and transparent about it with it in the beginning um, with the employee is is important because I don't think that most employees who come on to MMSU truly understand the wide array of services that are available to employees. So I think having that conversation in the beginning is pretty important. Great. And that's one of the things that we're trying to accomplish with this podcast series is educating the employees as to what types of services are available. And also we're trying to improve uh, some components of work life that are not always at the top of mind or haven't been 
improved in a while, and one of those is offboarding. So you've commented in the first half of this podcast about some of the first impressions and the onboarding experience for individuals who join MSU, being open, honest, realistic, transparent, and providing clear expectations with a clear job description. But there are some times when individuals decide to leave the university. A lot of times that's because it's just not the right fit. And fit can mean a lot of different things. But uh, people leave the university for a variety of reasons, and that's okay. We want them to leave for the best reasons, maybe a career career advancement or if they're moving and relocating or maybe their spouse or partner has uh, found new employment elsewhere. Those are some of the better reasons as opposed to disgruntled employees who leave the university because of some type of interpersonal conflict or professional conflict. Regardless of why people leave, we want the individuals to feel comfortable coming to MSU and conveying some information to us so that we can make improvements and prevent the bad environments and the unfortunate reasons why people leave. So let's begin to talk about the offboarding process and how we can improve that at MSU. We are trying to prevent people leaving for unfortunate reasons, and we are trying to get better data information to paint a picture about what's going on. Typically, companies do this successfully or unsuccessfully through an exit interview process. I know of companies that have a very successful exit interview process with high response rates, and they do it through surveys. And then there are other institutions and companies who don't really have an exit interview process really polished, and they don't get a lot of data so that we don't know why people are leaving the university. Let's start here with the exit interview. How do you think about, what are your own perceptions and thoughts about exit interview as a concept? Do you think that an exit interview has some type of stigma around it? Does it add value to an employee experience? Does it lack value? And maybe that's why employees don't participate in exit interviews. Could it have something to do with who conveys the exit interview as to why employees choose to or choose not to participate participate in exit interviews? So what are your general thoughts about exit interviews as an approach to obtaining the, the information that we're looking for? I think exit interviews are really great. I think that um, it is an excellent way for a company or an organization to kind of take the um, take the truth out of out of out of what the reason is for why they're leaving, and 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 grow from it and change and and put things in place to to improve. I think the companies that really care about their their uh, the morale of their employees as well as employee retention. I think that they really embrace the exit interview process as a means to, to view it as like constructive criticism and really try to peel back the layers and figure out what's working, what isn't working, what they can change, what they should focus on. Um, but yeah, I think exit interviews are great. Yeah, it's kind of funny. I was thinking about this on my drive over here before this podcast episode that Exit interviews, and you said it, might actually 
help with employee retention. It sounds counterintuitive, but you talked about some of the reasons why exit interviews, if done right, could actually help with retention. It seems to build a level of trust with the organization that the organization cares about what the employees say. And so there's some truth to that. And there's uh, an identity that the institution would have of wanting to improve. So um, it's good to hear your perspective. So I'd I'd like to ask you some practical questions about how MSU could best facilitate and conduct exit interviews. Let's talk about who does the exit interview, who um, participates in the exit interview. And there's a couple different options we have at Michigan State. There are... um, (coughs) We have central HR, central human resources, and then we have 1,100 departments at MSU, which each might have their own human resource personnel. Uh, And then there's a work-life office, which is a third party that's not your department, and it's not central HR. We're just a group of four individuals in Linton Hall who who want to improve the work life of uh, MSU Spartans. So with all of that being said, what are your thoughts on the best approach to conducting the best exit interviews and how would you set it up if you were creating the exit interview program at Michigan State? I think that the exit interview process at Michigan State um, could be very effective. I don't feel that it's as effective um, right now because I feel like so many employees who are leaving don't know about it. And it's also never really mentioned. I had to re- I had to reach out to Central HR to really understand the exit interview process for my own purpose, because all I knew about it was when I printed off my termination checklist from Central HR. There's there's a little one sentence blurb about if you would like to conduct an, an exit interview, please contact Central HR. I wish that MSU were a little more proactive about engaging employees in those exit interviews um, and also relaying to um, departing employees that it, it can go as high or as far as you want it to go. It can be seen by as high as you want it to be seen or it can be seen by nobody. It can just be a personal record and filed away and, and never looked at again. Um, I think that... Um, I think that it could be a tremendous resource to MSU if MSU truly wants to improve the culture and morale of, of employees that are leaving the university. It's a big decision to leave the university, and I don't think it should really be taken lightly. And I don't think that, um, I don't, I don't think that the understanding of the whys and the hows of why an employee is leaving is, is um, valued as much as it could be or it should be. Um, because it just kind of feels like a passive thing that, hey, if you want to talk about why you're leaving, cool, we'll record it. If not, that's fine too. It's optional. Um, so it, I, for me personally, I just wish it was more of a, um, a forthright uh, understanding of what the exit interview process is with MSU and the different ways you can go about completing the, the exit interview. Yeah, it sounds like if it, it, what you're saying is if we placed emphasis on it and we show like we really care about this stuff and this information, we really care about you and why why you're leaving. 
if you express that, then the employee in turn will see value in that and think, oh, well, okay, I will talk about why I'm leaving and uh, what are you going to do with this information and how are you going to use it to make adjustments and improvements if there's some emphasis placed on the exit interview information and the interview itself, then that's where the value is going to come out both for the institution and the individual. Now, um, I, I also heard what uh, might be lacking is an information on how the exit interview occurs. So that tells me that I'm going to need to do some subsequent podcast uh, episodes about with HR about uh, how the exit interview process works and inform all MSU employees about how it works so that when it comes time to depart the university, if they choose to do so, um, or if it's not their choice, we can still get an exit interview with them and they know it's almost like a first thought. I'm leaving the university today. There's probably three things that I need to do. I need to turn in my keys. I need to do the exit interview and I need to have a pizza party on my last day of work (laughs) or something like that. So if it's top of mind, I think maybe it would uh, go better. And also if we show uh, that we care at MSU and place emphasis on it, then it will also improve. Now let's talk in terms of logistics. How do you feel about the exit interview um, itself? Like if, if we do educate the entire MSU community, like do an exit interview, it's really important, we really care. How should we conduct it at MSU? Do you think it should be a paper survey, something submitted online? Do you think it should be formal uh, with HR? Do you think it should be casual, like just sit down with your coworkers and talk or something like that? How do you think the best information is going to come out? Is there is there more than one way? Is there one best way? What is your uh, ideal exit interview process that we could establish at Michigan State uh, as we move towards improving it? I think the process that's already in place would work well. I think that having the ability to either conduct a survey and send it in, um, or uh, you can actually sit down and speak with someone from Central HR, and they can ask the questions and you could talk to them about it. Um, I think I think it's great to have those options, especially for people who might feel some type of reluctancy to. Um, speak to someone one-on-one in fear of any retaliation. So I think surveys are great as a way to send them in. Um, I I also think that one thing that could also help would be, and again, I don't even know if this is an option, but enabling um, the, the, the local or departmental human resources person to be able to conduct those interviews and then have a very clear and concise way of submitting that so that it doesn't just get swept under the rug or, so it disappears. I think that it should definitely be something that's, um, is it's another option that would be available is to talk to, like we have an HR coordinator at the Flint center for health equity solutions. And I don't believe she does any of the exit interviews as to, to my knowledge, not that I know of. So I think that by enabling, uh, that person in that role to perform that task, I think that would only help people who maybe they don't trust central HR, maybe they don't trust sending in a survey, but maybe they trust their local HR coordinator. Maybe that would enable more people to reach out and actually complete these exit interviews. Exit interviews. Yeah, and you mentioned getting to the person who the employee who's leaving trusts. 
And also not just trusting that individual on an interpersonal level, but also trusting what they do with the information because you bring up some fear of retaliation or I have written down in my notes the potential to burn bridges. There are a lot of reasons why someone would not want to conduct an exit interview. You just want to get out safely and go on to your next place. At the same time, the institution would really could really use the uh, information of why you're leaving. And so you need to get into a place of trust interpersonally, whether it's at the department or central HR level or elsewhere, and also trust the institution that the institution is going to use the information in an appropriate and useful way uh, so that they don't, as you mentioned, just sweep it under the rug or just file it away that the information is going to get to the right people and improvements are going to be made and there's no fear of retaliation in any way, shape, or form. So that everyone has a feeling of safety and trust with both the place, MSU, and the people with whom uh, you work. And so uh, we're getting close to the end of this podcast. Let's talk about that trust and safety in the workplace. I've asked you to do this podcast and divulge your own perspective and some information about your experience. And you're one of many uh, podcast episodes that I'll be recording over the next few months. There's some risk to coming in and talking with me and trusting that, oh, if you say something that you want deleted, I'll remove it from the podcast. Or if, you know, just you're going to trust that I ask good questions that aren't, you know, leading or going to divulge too much of your personal information. This is not just you. I'm saying this in general. Anyone that comes and sits down with me is on record, on recording, has to have some form of trust and feel safe talking to me. Uh, So, There are 13,000 faculty and staff members at MSU. I'm just one. We, You and I have a good rapport, and I'm going to meet 20 people this semester. But how can we create a culture of safety and trust at Michigan State University that extends to all or the most of the 13,000 employees so that when they leave, they feel comfortable departing um, safely and they trust their employees to the extent where they might actually maintain professional relationships after they leave. And that's going to be a great resource, shared knowledge. After people leave the university, I still talk to a lot of my former colleagues because I felt safe. I trust them still. How can we get to a point at MSU where even when people leave, they feel good about leaving and might actually maintain some professional contacts after they leave the university that could be useful to the university? Where does it start? I think it starts with the the relationships and the rapport that you build with your coworkers from day one. Um, I think that when you have that trust in coworkers, or when you f- feel confident that you can go and talk to them about most things, um, I think that that has a real tangible effect on the employee over the lifespan of their employment um, at the university. Um, I think that I think that things that help would be to encourage um, an open and honest platform for communication for, for staff. I don't think it helps when um, employees feel like, you know, they have to w- speak in a whispered tone to, to say something. I think that that by encouraging um, open and honest communication with each other, 
It allows room for growth, but it also strengthens the relationships and the trust that by focusing on employee retention and employee morale, keeping your employees happy, that's going to that's gonna help to build that trust. It's going to help build that rapport between colleagues. Um, and it's also going to enable them to feel comfortable enough to, if something's bothering them or nagging at them, not not tucking it in and, and dealing with it, but but opening up and, and talking with their um, colleagues about what's going on so that they can move forward effectively and move forward as a team. Um, yeah, and what I heard you say was day one, and it goes from day one to day 100 to day 1,000 to the last day somebody's at their job. There is a longitudinal continuity of trust and rapport that starts in on hire and extends throughout the entire tenure of someone's employment at Michigan State. So hopefully we can continue to build a safe, trusting place at MSU. I appreciate your feedback. And Wyatt Short, I wish you nothing but the best in the future. Thanks for coming to talk to me today. And I'm sure we'll bump into each other on the streets of Flint, Michigan, here down the road. Wyatt, again, thank you. And uh, thank you to everyone listening to the Work Life Podcast. We will talk to you next time. And uh, thanks again. Thank you. Yep.